Shame we don't recreate stuff here on the podcast. Yeah, we don't fake it. Because <laughs> we're never going to make it. A most auspicious day, dear fans, for on this very day, September 12th, 2023, the fourth block of the Zeit Pyramid has been added. And welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name is Henry. And my name is Intrigued Yet Frightened John. And together we're Henry and John coming at you to discuss the cultural happenings of their zeitgeist in order to make sure that the Zeit Pyramid gets assembled in full. Now, uh, how many blocks? It's been a while since I uh, since I updated myself on the schematic slash lore. How many blocks is the Zeit Pyramid? Um, well, right now it's just the four blocks. I think in total, it's going to be, hold on. Hmm. Okay. Oh, wow. This breaks it down into tiers. Okay. It is going to consist of 120 stone or concrete blocks, each measuring 1.2 meters long, 1.2 meters wide and 1.8 meters tall. Uh, The adjacent blocks will be separated by gaps of half a block or 0.6 meters. Oh, gotcha. 0.6 meters. That's about a cubit, right? (laughs) Uh, The volume. Wait, what's a cubic? cubic? Uh, I think a cubit is the length of the king's forearm. Okay. I have no idea how many cubits that is. Um, but yes, the Zeit Pyramid, which I am pronouncing in a very Anglican way, uh, because it's spelled, well, the word pyramid is spelled P-Y-R-A-M-I-D-E, so it could be Zeit Pyramide. All right. Uh, but it's an actual work of public art by Manfred Leiber under construction in Winding, Germany. Uh, the pyramid began in 1993, and every 10 years, another block is added to the pyramid. Uh, the full pyramid will be created in the year 3,183. Wow, now uh, Manfred Lauber, he's going to be around for that, right? 
Uh, let me check. Manfred Lauber does not have a Wikipedia page. Yet his pyramid does. Yet his pyramid does. And this man... Is a town? No. <laughs> He's closed. He's temporary closed. <laughs> He's temporary. I, I googled this man and, and Google is telling me that he is temporarily closed. <laughs> it's better than permanently closed, let me tell you. It appears um, as though he might be 91. I'm finding a. He might be dead as well. I am finding a biography that says he died in 2018. <laughs> okay, so uh, a little bit more than temporarily close. He is. I must repeat, temporarily closed. But I can call him. I thought. I thought as I scrolled down, it would be for a location. But no, like a location, it says Laber Manfred, artist in Vending, Germany, <laughs> temporarily closed, call, share, or save with a location. Yeah. Oh, it seems as though I was led astray by um some just uh uninformed uninformed person on the on the internet it seems as though the fourth block was actually laid on september 9th not today so whoopsie doopsie but uh the project is a whopping 3.3 percent complete that is nice we'll keep you all updated so uh stick around until september 9th of 2033 and we'll let you know what's happening with the zeit pyramid yeah, we have up to the decade coverage of the Zeit Pyramid right now at four blocks, and we're going to wait and see what happens. And God knows we have advance notice when there's going to be a block. And you know what? We It's still a little bit of a miss. We, we miss it by three days. Oh, it's funny. Uh, in the in the wikipedia entry for the zeit pyramid there's actually a little blurb about the artist and it it does say that he died on august 17th 2018 august 17th shortly before (laughs) the date in which five years from then the fourth block would have been laid i just can't wait to the year 2000 2633 in which the first block of the second tier of the pyramid will be placed. Oh, that is going to be a huge day. A huge day in the... Well, here's my question. If Manfred's dead, I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist, but who put that fourth block there? Um, I'm just asking uh, questions. The, the project is administered by a foundation based in Wimding. Okay, so not a lot going on in uh, in Vemding, I guess. No, and I'm going to follow the source to where that. Okay, and then the source is completely in German. Mm, okay, that's a good um, that's a good start. It either the just the website or the organization is called Wimdinger Zeitpyramide. Um, could go either way. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Yeah, you know, I, I was oh, uh, sorry. I was taking I those per- German Duolingo lessons for like a month, but I really 
fell off. I, I do need to apologize. Um, the website's name is actually Vimdinger Zeit Pyramide because, of course, in German you don't pronounce the W's. Well, you do. You just pronounce them kind of like V's. Yeah, Vim. Oh, uh, I, I thought there was a, a Vemdinger dog breed, but that's a Weinberger. Oh, you... <laughs> <laughs> that's a Weinberger. Anyway, the pyramid grows every day. It gets bigger. And we'll every... keep you updated. We're going to keep you up to the decade updates. On Give or take pyramid. a couple days. Now... If you would have told me that there's a there's a Zeit pyramid out there, I would have told you, yeah, yeah, okay, and also it was built by aliens. So it's kind of cool that this actually exists. Now, of course, we all get Zeit pyramid, time pyramid, you know, pyramid built over time. First of all, all pyramids are built over time, so uh, <laughs> checkmate, Manfred. Uh, but secondly, where's my Geist pyramid at? Now, yes, the ghost pyramid would be very interesting to see, right? Yeah, and that's that appears every 10 years in the sky hovering. Right. And those who have seen it do go insane. Mm-hmm. Not much more to add about that. But yeah, crazy things happening in this world at this time. <laughs> crazy Zeit- things happening. A big block got put down. A big block added to a time pyramid. Other stuff. Other stuff. You know all those monoliths that were showing up six years ago? Yeah. Nuns that was are crazy. There's there's nuns coming out of like alleyways and spooking people as a dumb, stupid way to advertise the nun too. <laughs> there's a nun too? I think it's called the nun. Yeah, yeah, there's a there's a um, conjuring movie called The Nun, so I guess it makes sense that there would be a yeah. a nun too. But let me tell you, after seeing The Nun, I'm none too pleased about this news. <laughs> Good, yeah. Everyone wants to be the 2016 creepy clowns coming out of forests. Yeah, I, it was a, it was a dark time in my life when uh, when there were those clowns, but they were a, a rare bright spot. Remember, remember when all we had to worry about in this, in this, this, this USA, this God, I, I guess, what's the opposite of like a God abandoned? What am I trying to say? God, God forsaken. God forsaken. There we go. What's the opposite of God forsaken? Uh, God loved. Godful. Do you remember when all we had to worry about in this glorious godful country was that there were some creepy clowns clambering in the woods? I think about the creepy clowns a lot because I think the creepy clowns almost more than anything else in recent history showed how fragile the human mind and especially the like structures of journalism are because if something a little weird persists just long enough, people completely abandon rationality. Oh, like like these things would come out on like Facebook live or whatever. And then 
there wouldn't be news articles about it. Then when I first started picking up the news articles were like a video of a man dressed as a clown, scaring a person or whatever. And right. then after it went on for months, news articles were being published. Like, where are the clowns coming from? <laughs> it, yeah, it, it wasn't. And there must've not been going along. Hold on. Let's take that again. There must've not been a lot going on in those, those yesteryears of 2016, because one, I guess they just had the ad money marketing campaign dollars to like fund them clowns for as long as they did. But then, yeah, um, the news cycle picked it up, which is really weird. Like the news cycle didn't pick up when all those creepy people sat right behind home plate at baseball games doing the smile from that smile movie. It's not even that the news media picked it up. The news media picked it up and published things like, if anyone knows where the clown, like like they started to treat it like a supernatural phenomenon. Right. And you know, I don't blame them. It was 2016. It was a real yawn of a year. We were uh, moving away from uh, a, a pretty solid eight-year presidency. We were cruising on easy street into a, a Hillary presidency. So we really didn't know what was going to happen. We really didn't. And I just want to say, if you have any information about where those clowns came from. Oh my God, yes, please. If you have any, sh- any yeah, information. Any connection. I want you to come on the show. And talk to us about these clowns. It's plagued John for near, it's not been nearly a century or even a decade. It's been just a couple of years. It's plagued John for a couple of years. Uh And we got to get to the bottom of this. I'm just saying, the spooky times are coming up. Maybe you can come on the show during those, those, uh, those times. Yeah, listen, if you're someone who's like really... If you're a clown, and I mean that in a lot of senses, if you're someone whose aesthetic is clown core, if you're one of those people who's into like the clown version of like latex stuff, or if you're someone who studied comedy dell'arte, come on the show. We'd love to talk to you. We need to get inside the mind of a clown. We just want, I specifically, I would love. To talk to somebody involved in that ad campaign for it, if that's really what it was. I, I just, I'm super curious. You don't even have to own up to it if that's what it is and you don't want to like demystify it. But somebody attached to that, please come on the show. Now, Barry, but you know, if we can't get that, just any clown come onto the show. Yeah, really, there's, there's kind of a, a tiered structure or a pyramid, if you will, obviously at the top person involved in the ad campaign below that any clown and below that anyone who's been in the woods and below that anyone who knows what a clown or the woods is right if you have intimate knowledge of the concepts of clowns and woods we want to talk to you yeah if if you have if you've been intimate with a clown we just want to talk we just want to talk. We just have questions. You won't be paid. No one will be paid. <laughs> Least of all, <laughs> us. Exactly. This is just for edification of the masses. Come on, spread your story. 
uh, I, there's no, there's not a third thing. It sounded yeah, like t- I was ramping t- up to a third t- thing. Tell the two people who are the only people on fucking earth who still care about this what's going yeah. on. While all of our listeners are like, "What?" Yeah, exactly. Anyway, let's move on. Let's move on. So we're in week. I'm just going to say a thousand of this writer strike. Now an actor strike. And John, a curveball has been thrown because initially when this strike started, I I think if you recall, I made a call to action for more people to join in on this strike. Mm. I wanted it to expand to almost every worker. And I am sorry for leaving this group out, but a new group has entered the strike. That's right. The, uh, the United auto workers, I believe. Not where I was going for. Never mind. Who who else is striking? Uh, the Stillwater prison inmates have joined the writer's strike. Hell yeah. What? Yes. Yeah, Stillwater prison, which I believe is in Minnesota. A uh, <laughs> hundred inmates refused to reenter their cells for over seven hours recently. And they're protesting. Get this. Um, how do I phrase this? Oh yeah. They just want basic fucking human rights, like clean water and shit. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, apparently conditions at Stillwater prison have gone really down the tubes to the point where there's no clean water for drinking there. Uh, that is horrifying. That's like yeah. basic human right number one. Exactly. And so this um, protest happened on September 3rd of this year uh, for um, a couple of hours. How long was this? Let's just say for the, about a full day, uh, a a complete unit of inmates refused to go back to their cells uh, in protest of the conditions there. The situation ended peacefully. Uh, I I believe among their demands was access to clean drinking water and extensive water testing of the water that was in the prison. Exactly. Yes. Uh, They had those two demands and honestly, Netflix, if you could just budge, on those two demands, that would be great. The good news of this story and why we're talking about it now is because water samples are being collected from 84 locations at Stillwater Prison as of today. Uh, in addition, the uh, inmates have been given bottled water to drink while the testing is going on, seemingly. So, protesting works. Yeah. Unionizing works. Collective bargaining, even inmates are getting in on this wave of protesting and collective bargaining. Come on, let's all get in on it. If prisoners can unionize, why can't we as the general populace? I mean, we, we can, here's the thing though. And I, I do want to make sure that we take a moment to talk about this. Okay. On the podcast. The fact that inmates had to protest for drinkable water is fucking insane. insane. Uh, It it is the standpoint of, I think, both the hosts 
of this podcast that the treatment of prisoners or inmates, the treatment of inmates in the United States is uh, monstrous beyond beyond all reckoning. They are the er wards of the state, yet they can't vote. They're not afforded basic human rights. If there is one group of people you're supposed to take care of in a functioning society, it's prisoners because there is no one who is more a ward of the state. If a state cannot take care of prisoners, it cannot take care of people. Yeah. Period. Especially when you look at a majority of prisoners being like nonviolent criminals and the word criminal is doing a lot of lifting there especially in states where you've got like three strike possession charges, you've got homelessness as an actual crime, things like that. Uh, In the states where being a criminal is very akin to either being poor or just living your life in a way that is legal in other states, then absolutely these people deserve basic human rights because they are not the monsters that the media or movies want to paint. I'm looking at black mirror that for whatever reason has a vendetta against criminals. Um, but yes, if the basic tenement that we live by is that if you break the, the law, you get a rehabilitation period, then absolutely you should be taken care of during that period. It should be rehabilitative and not punitive, but that's just my, my opinion. I mean, we, we live in a, in a horrible carceral state that has criminalized uh, poverty and mental illness while poor, basically. Right. Yeah. Uh, even, even for violent offenders, once again, the er wards of the state, violent offenders should be taken care of in the same, they should have the same basic human rights and freedoms that everybody else has. Like, just because they did a crime and the system put them in prison doesn't mean that they need to stop getting the things everyone else has. Yeah. It's dumb. Exa- I mean, the system should be fixed in a million different ways. But if if prisoners literally have to protest to get basic human, human resources, uh, basic things humans need to survive, uh, it's uh, terribly monstrous. Yeah. And more prisoners should do it. Because you know what is true in every prison? Well, this sounds more revolutionary than I thought. You know what's true in every prison? No matter what, there's way more prisoners than there are guards. (laughs) Especially in this case, apparently the prison was short-staffed by a good 50 staffers on the day that this happened. Um, And so they had to pull in, like, firefighters and other emergency, emergency personnel, which is really weird like why are you dragging in one of the only parts one of the only unproblematic parts of our federal like emergency response teams yeah firefighters are like the firefighters and emts are the only ones that are largely blameless don't pull them into this right like i don't understand that part um especially since it ended peacefully like it wasn't a riot they weren't hurting people they were just demonstrating for change and by God, they're getting it probably because there was so much media attention on it. And now it cannot be ignored, which is a sickening thought, but it actually worked. I mean, that's the thing is if if, fucking do it, y'all, 
If you need to do any of this stuff, you need to make sure that it's loud and cool enough for the media to care. Because if the media doesn't care, they're going to find a way to beat or kill you until you stop. Oh, yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, that's probably there's, you know, probably they probably had a lot of meetings like, all right, no violence. Because as soon as one of us gets violent, like that just ruined, that's the house of cards. It just, it just. That's almost like how all America deals with any kind of protest or labor, right? Right. When we see it, we like it. (laughs) We like to see people protest and we like to see power in the hands of labor. Every time we see it, we like it. And yeah. whenever whenever these things have media coverage, the first thing that law enforcement says is don't be violent because the second we turn this violent, we turn the court of public opinion against us. If we love it so much, why are we doing it? I don't know. And, and the second the second, you know, Wendy's gets sets on fire, that's the second that you know, they just turn everybody turns on you in the yeah. court of public opinion. Because, you know, I got to get my quick name a Wendy sandwich. Um, spicy, crispy chicken. I got to get my spicy, crispy chicken from Wendy's. Square meat. I got to get my square meat. It's the only place where I can get my square meat. It's the only place with square meat other than uh, White Castle. But that square meat is small. I don't think there's any White Castles near us. Crystals? Do they got square meat? I think Crystals got square meat. It's like the nearest White Castle is not in Texas. Damn. Wow. I I guess Wendy's is the only place you can get your square meat in Texas. Got to get my square meat. So as soon as, look, I stand with any cause, but as soon as you threaten my source of square meat, I'm back in the blue. (laughs) I'm back in, I have a flag outside my home. The flag is a single square of ground beef and the thin blue line runs through it. (laughs) I'm back in the blue. (laughs) I, listen, we all, we all back the blue for our square meat. You've seen all those, uh, all those like X line things, right? Like, thin blue line is protecting yeah. the the thin blue line the first one of course was the police they're the thin blue line protecting america from i guess bad america uh read into that how you will they got all different kind of colors on these flags now uh, so I, I i'm familiar with the thin blue line one because um um well i, I just found it really funny because in order to make that logo or whatever you want to call it, uh, you have to go against one of the like basic tenets of the American flag, which is it should not be changed in any way. Yeah, you have to meaningfully deface the American flag yeah. to make that point. You have to go out of your way to become to, to be unpatriotic and go against the like the tenets of this stupid piece of fabric oh, in yeah. order to make your point about the police. Absolutely. But they have so many lot. We have a neighbor up here who has one of those. And first of all, the number of lines on the flag is extremely diminished to replace them with like seven big, chunky, different colored lines with words on them. Because this, I think this used to mean. This line represents the line between good, honest America and bad America or bad people or bad foreigners or whatever. 
But this has like police, firefighters, Marines, not army, but Marines, because uh, America loves a Marine. Uh, and then it's like EMTs, of course, the thin blue line protecting America from injury. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, it's EMT, farmers, EMTs, and I think one of them is guards. Guards? I think it says guard. I don't know if it means the National Guard or like prison guards. Oh my gosh. Uh, I don't know if we need one for guards. That's just a privatized job right there. Here's the one I don't get. Firefighters. The thin red line protecting America from fire? Yeah, from fire. The the ever-present threat of fire? (laughs) I... Okay, maybe firefighters are not as unproblematic as I as I thought, or just somebody trying to cash in on like a fad. I guess I think this is somebody lining up every possible boot to lick. Right, exactly. Like th- there is a kind of personality trait where someone's like, "If there's a boot, I'll lick it." Like I don't <laughs> care. Like put any boot in front of me, I will lick it. Look, these people are better than me because. They risk their lives, therefore they should be worshipped as as near to a god as I can. So I've made this sticker logo you can put on the back of your car so people know that you support the firefighters. Because, you know, they really could use the support, guys. Anyone in a uniform with something that could be construed as a weapon, I will lick that boot. Security guards, I will lick that boot. <laughs> Oh gosh, another private job that I don't think uh, should should uh, count. I want to make one of these that has a that has a thin black line through it that says pallbearers. <laughs> I think that would actually be pretty popular with the people who like making fun of other trends. The it is the thin black line protecting America <laughs> from bodies that are in coffins. <laughs> Look, without them, bodies and coffins would just lay around. <laughs> but thanks to the good men and women who serve on the pallbearer line, those corpse boxes are moved to the locations where they can be buried. Without, without pallbearers, that <laughs> they would never get in the ground. They'd just they, stay, they'd stay on the earth and stink it up. <laughs> Keeping the dead in the ground since whatever, <laughs> whenever they were invented. A, a black line pallbearers, a brown line grave diggers. <laughs> <laughs> pallbearers and grave diggers, keeping America dead free <laughs> since 1776. I, I like this idea. I think we should action on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we should definitely get like a graphic designer to whip this up. And uh, this will be the first ever Zero Credits merch. (laughs) Finally, we get to make some money off this damn thing and give respect to our brave boys (laughs) in suits. I gotta find a way to make money on this. It's just too good. (laughs) Now, it is important to realize when we have a flag that pays our respects to pallbearers, we are not, I repeat, are not paying respects to famed WWE character Paul Bearer who carries around the Undertaker's magic urn. This is a real person. We, (laughs) absolutely. He talks like this. Why does he talk like that? 
I don't know. He talks like that, and he carries the urn. Wow. And we are not paying respects no. to him. I, I no, because that again sounds like a privatized job. <laughs> and as we all know, grave diggers and pallbearers are public servants. Yeah, we're we're gonna try to figure out some kind of some kind of merch that says how much we hate Paul Bearer, rest in peace. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but how much we like Paul Bearers. Oh no, Paul Bearer R.I.P. No, Paul Bearer big time R.I.P. Oh R.I.P. Big R.I.P. You temporarily know, closed. <laughs> temporarily closed, but you can call and share. You can call and share his location. Uh, anyway, we should get off of this because I could talk about pallbearers all day. Oh, he died in 2013, sad. Damn, that's like five years before the other guy. Who <laughs> oh my about. god, oh, he died in the year of the block. Oh, the third block. He died in the year of the third block. Amazing, wow. 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 <laughs> 510, pallbearer was. That's important. He was in the Air Force. <laughs> I'm sure he was. Let's see. Death. That's sad. I won't read that. Anyway. The strike rages on, John. I don't know if you know this, but the writers and the actors are currently on strike. The writers and the actors are on strike, and if a deal isn't signed on Thursday, the auto workers will be too. That's pretty cool, and I'm glad to know that. I did not know that. But did you know, John, there's one show that is foregoing all of this hoo-ha. One show is standing in the face of these negotiations and saying, well, we don't really need writers anyway. One show is going to single-handedly prop up all American entertainment and defiance of collective bargaining and good sportsmanship that's right john we have a scab show on our hands hell yeah we love a scab show we love the drama of a scab show and wouldn't you know it this is the this show is run by an erstwhile american sweetheart Yes. Uh, yes. America's diary writer, if you will. One, I don't know what else she's been. 51st dates of this show. Uh huh. The Drew Barrymore daytime talk show is going to restart airing on September 18th. All right. Um,. So do they have like a scab crew or is just no one writing anything for it? Um, so this particular show falls into a weird gray area of a couple of different things. Uh-huh. Um, for one, they are not violating the SAG after rules as the host of the show Wait, what? Oh, that's not how that sentence was being written. Okay. They're not violating SAG after rules, apparently. I don't know why. I um... uh, Because guild contracts for talk shows, game shows, variety shows, and soap operas was renewed and ratified in 2022. So SAG after is in the clear. Uh-huh. Uh, but 
But the show does employ WGA writers. Um, but that doesn't seem right. Right. They so shouldn't be writing. Why wouldn't they? Well, they're not. Oh, they can't. Not. Whoever whoever was a writer on this show cannot be working on the show right now without violating the strike. But they're going on air anyway, meaning they're not using unionized writers. Okay, so they'd be using scab writers. Cool, cool. Yeah, so either they're going to have to violate, utilize uh, members who are viol- violating violating the uh, the WGA strike, use non-WGA writers, or no one will be writing. Um, but apparently a spokesman for CBS Media Ventures told Variety the show will not be performing any writing work covered by the WGA strike, which doesn't make any sense. Somebody's going to write the monologue. Somebody's going to write the bits. The only thing not written, I guess, would be like the interview section, but like questions are usually written and like usually research goes into that. So who's doing the writing is the big question. Yeah. Who's doing the writing is the big question. It might just be scabs. It might just be non-union writers. But I think the real problem is the stark lack of solidarity in doing this. Right. Absolutely. Like like as as someone who, I don't know what Drew Barrymore's writing credits are, but she is probably in SAG-AFTRA and the WGA. Like a lot of actors who have been acting for a long time are. So like... How could you do something so tone deaf? Because if you put out a show with scab writers in the midst of the biggest joint strike in like decades upon decades, you're signaling to production companies that they can do this shit too. You're eroding their position substantially. You, you are weakening the collective bargaining by not participating for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Now, of course, granted, I didn't even know there was a fucking Drew Barrymore show. So I'm not sure. I don't know what its reach is like. Uh, uh, but that is a it, yeah. pretty disgusting lack of solidarity. I think its time slot is around the same time slot as uh, shows such as like The View, Tyra Banks, etc. The, the daytime talk show slot. I think Ellen was in that slot for a really long time as well. Um, I don't mean this sentence to be reductive. I just mean this sentence to be factual. It's sort of like these conventionally stay at home mom time slot. Okay. The kids are either like asleep or doing an activity. You finally get a chance to sit down. It's 3 PM. Boom. Here's a talk show. Mm. Um, apologies if that sounds reductive, but I, I, I guess in that way, I'm just like a TV network executive because but they're also the ones funding this shit. Stay at home dads and the unemployed. Right. Sure. Absolutely. Um, but we got some takes from some people. We got uh, Adam Conover. Conover from the what the Adam ruins everything is that the Adam guy? ruins everything a big yeah. strike advocate one of the early people who was like doing like uh, Instagram lives from the picket line like as soon yeah. as it started Adam Conover is like as as someone who doesn't like Adam Conover's like personality I think he's done more for like slightly more left leaning Overton window shifting stuff. 
yeah. for like large audiences for a while. Big Adam Conover fan, even though I can't stand to listen to him talk. <laughs> he's been a big advocate uh, for the WGA strike. He, he's like, yeah, he's one of the first like huge voices that really started informing people about like the ins and outs. Uh, so his take on this is that uh, Drew Barrymore show employs WGA writers who are currently on strike. She is choosing to go back on the air without them and forcing her guest across a picket line. Drew, this harms your writers and all union workers. Please reconsider. Yeah, I um, what's she going to do for guests? I guess someone could be on her show as long as they don't do it for promotion. Exactly. So, but no one should more. agree to be on that show. No you one would, covered yeah. under either of these unions should agree. Yeah. Um, Drew Barrymore responded to the outcry of her, her show returning by writing quote, I own this choice. We are in compliance with not discussing or promoting film and television that is struck of any kind. We launched live in a global pandemic. Our show was built for sensitive times and has only functioned through what the real world is going through in real time. I mean, sure. She owns like that non, choice. Yeah. It, it's really like a, it's, it's, it's kind of a, a non statement, non apology. I do wonder though, like do shows like hot ones continue to exist in this time? Uh, they might be in between seasons anyway, but mm. let's, I just want to check when their latest video that came out was I'm doing that now. Hence the stalling tone. Um, I, it looks like they're still producing stuff. Okay. Why do I feel like hot ones is okay, but this isn't. Because they're YouTube and they're not part of any of the guilds. Are they not? No, I, I will say recently, their most recent one, uh, they interviewed Mortal Kombat co-creator Ed Boon. He's uh-huh. a video game guy. And before that, they um, they did a, a little mini game with AEW wrestling people. So again, not any sort of like you know acting or anything but then a month ago they did gal gadot okay man why do i feel like that's okay but i guess because it's so much more high profile even though hot ones has like a huge and also we don't know when these were filmed you know that's true that is true so this could all have been filmed before the strike uh and then released on on like a time gated sort of thing uh but I think it, I mean, YouTube isn't covered at them as a production company. First we feast in the show are probably not in violation of any of the stuff. If they keep going on with non writers and non actors. Yeah. I, like I if think they, if they just do musicians, musicians and magicians, of course, then they're fine. I, I think that's, that's maybe what I'm thinking is like, for some reason, hot ones existing, People going on there as long as they're not promoting something or they're people who aren't members of the two unions. I'm fine with that. But for some reason, people going maybe because the Drew Barrymore Drew Barrymore show almost certainly 
will have scab writers on staff then being a guest on that is tacitly endorsing having scab writers on staff i think that's where i fall yeah. on it yeah absolutely I, I mean there are other moves you can make in this time um like recently the the five late night talk show you know big hosts you know your your, your jimmies and your uh the other ones uh they all started a podcast together in order to like keep paying their crews. So as long, I mean, they're not promoting any of the shows or anything like that. They're just getting together to talk about what it's like to work in, in late night and all the money that comes from that podcast. They're directly using to pay their staff. So like there are uh, other moves yeah. you can do if you just want to, if you just want to pay your staff, like if that's where drew Barrymore is coming from, then like absolutely like do something else to raise revenue to pay your staff don't scab yeah don't scab or i don't know make a production that agrees to all of the wga terms i don't know right yeah like, yeah you f- could do figure that figure too. do figure an a24 exactly um a lot of people are comparing this to the last writer strike uh in like 2007 when all of the late night talk shows had to come back to the air uh, because at that time, the studios pulled a loophole in the strike rules to force the show to come back on. Mm. And it was either come back on with you as the host or without you. And so the talk show hosts at the time talked with the guilds that be and said, look, we're in a bind What's our, what can we do to work with you and still fulfill this loophole that the studios are pulling on us? And they came to an agreement. And that is wholly different from what's happening right now because Drew Barrymore is not working with the Writers Guild of America. Yeah, in that case, it feels like they got out-angled and they tried to make it work and still show solidarity. This is just flying in the face of the strike exactly. and employing man. And, and what if, yeah. what if it's AI? Oh, you think AI is going to be writing her jokes? Oh, I don't think so. But what if it is, wouldn't that be stupid? <laughs> that would be insane. That would be the stupidest possible development. Yeah. A human person wouldn't have to read jokes written by AI. And I, I mean, we we've done that on the show before and it's funny, but for the exact wrong reasons. Yeah, it's funny because it's bad and no one likes it. Yeah. Um, so some things have spun out now since the announcement that Drew Barrymore show is going to be returning. Uh, audience members who attended, who crossed picket lines and attended tapings, uh, they claim that they were kicked out of the audience for wearing uh WGA pins in the audience. Mm. Um, two audience members who had signed up for free tickets to the taping were handed WGA pins by picketers as they walked in the door and say they were asked to leave before the show began because they were wearing the pins. Okay, so not a not a great not a great way to set the tone for this production. Right. Uh, the pins just said Writers Guild on strike. Yeah. No inflammatory language, nothing like that, nothing that would elicit such a response. Um, the official 
spokesman take is as follows. It is our policy to welcome everyone to our show tapings. Due to heightened security concerns today, we regret that two audience members were not permitted to attend or not allowed access. Drew was completely unaware of the incident, and we are in the process of reaching out to the affected audience members to offer them new tickets. Because they wore pens? Yeah, heightened security concerns. Uh, Bullshit. Very dumb. Very, very dumb. Uh, The show apparently has three WGA writers who are all co-head writers. Uh, And they, of course, were in attendance at the picket line. Good. On the day. It's only right. The tapings. And then a further development of of spitting out of this news is that Drew Barrymore has now lost a, a hosting gig for an award show. The National Book Awards dropped Drew Barrymore as the host of this year's ceremony following the news that her show will resume production in spite of the writer's strike. And that tracks. <laughs> yeah, good. If you fuck over people who are all in the same club as you, they shouldn't give you work. Yep. If you're going to fuck over writers, other writers are going to drop you. That's yeah. just kind of the thing. I'd be fascinated to know who is writing on the show. It is 100% scab writers. I'm guessing it's going to be members of crew who are just going to be picking up the lifting there thinking that, Oh, well, how hard is it to write a joke? Not knowing that like talk show joke writing is one of the hardest formats to get into because you just have to churn out literally dozens of jokes in order to get to the good stuff. Like, Seth Myers does this really great segment on his show where um, he calls them like surprise inspections where he just reads bad jokes that a staff comes up with. Yeah. Because they have to go through so many jokes to get to the good ones. And uh, it just shows kind of the work that goes into putting on that type of show. I mean, network television uh, writers rooms are pretty chill places with uh, pretty abbreviated hours. I think they maybe put like, two or three hours in a week writing those jokes. So, um, you know, probably couldn't be that hard, right? right. It's not Anyone like, can do it's it. not like network television writing rooms are awful sweatshops where you work for 12 to 16 hours a day. Right. Right. It's not as though it's one of those jobs where you don't leave until like, I don't know, 7 PM Eastern time. And then, of course, you develop a crippling alcohol addiction because you're in New York and the bars never close and the public transit is good. Yeah. It's a nightmare. Um, And it's not a thankless job at all, you know? Yeah, no. Everyone knows the person who writes Conan's monologues. Right. Yeah, yeah. Everybody knows all of the writers in Late Night. They don't just know the host names. Yeah, it's... uh, Real bad. Also, quick aside, that podcast you described with them, it sounds like at least Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Kimmel, good on them for finding a way to pay their staff. I can't think of a podcast I'd like to listen to less. Yeah, let's see. Talk show hosts, podcasts. Let's see if I can find it. Uh, No, apparently that that was exactly not what to to Google in this moment. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Because it just... Strike Force 5 is the name of the podcast. Cool. It is Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, Seth Meyers, Stephen Colbert, 
and John Oliver. I would love a John Oliver, Seth Meyer, Stephen Colbert podcast. That sounds great. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, some bad news came out about Jimmy Fallon apparently creating like a hostile work environment. I'm not surprised. But uh, yeah, and uh, who cares about the other Jimmy? I just, it's a format. I mean, this is not the time or place to have this conversation. It's a format that maybe needs to go away. It's a format that needs to go away. Um, But Drew Barrymore also needs to go away. Yeah, unfortunately, um, not a cool move. (laughs) A bad move. Bad move by America's sweetheart, Bridget Jones's Diary, 51st Dates. Which isn't Bridget Jones's Diary. That's Renee Zellweger, I thought. I'm just going to Google it. It's Renee Zellweger. Yeah, not even close. Why did Renee I Zellweger is Drew like Barrymore. British? Is... Drew Barrymore is in Donnie Darko. But that's not the one she's known for. Um, what else is Drew Barrymore in? I I love to Google things like oh the Drew on. Barrymore show. That's what it. Oh shit! That's it. The Scab Show. <laughs> the Scab Show. That's she what was it in was. Charlie's Angels. I thought she was Scream. Why do people call her America's sweetheart? Charlie's Angels, Fever Pitch. He's just not a wedding singer. Never been kissed. Is pretty yeah. The Amy Fisher story. Of course, Freddie got fingered. Music and lyrics. Firestarter. It's all good. He's fine. Fever Pitch. Oh, that's why they call her American Sweetheart. She was in Titan A.E. She was in Titan A.E. and Beverly Hills. She played Akima. Akima. Titan A.E., a movie I still have not finished. Or maybe I'm thinking of Atlantis. (laughs) They were contemporaries. I thought I, I'm, I can't get into this right now. <laughs> the differences between Titan A.E. and Atlantis. Well, there was another Disney movie that came out called Treasure Planet that I that's think a, is okay. More that's the one. Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. That's not Atlantis. Okay, okay, okay. Now we're on the same page. Treasure I Planet, never... Titan A.E. One had a bat guy in it. Yeah, that was Titan A.E., the better movie. Okay, I saw Titan A.E. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. It's, a, it's like the last Don Bluth. He said erroneously, probably. Um, It's probably the least horny Don Bluth. If it even is one. It is a, it's directed by, John, by Don Bluth. By Don John Bluth. Don John. All dogs go to heaven. What do you mean it's got a 50% on Rotten Tomatoes? The movie's a masterpiece. Well, that's dumb. John Leguizamo plays Goon. These are all Treasure Planet lovers. Yeah, Janine Garofalo plays Stiff. (laughs) Great character. Now, of course, the cast of Treasure Planet sucks <laughs> oh, Michael <laughs> Wincott as Scroop come on <laughs> I I literally don't know anything about Treasure Planet Dane A. Davis as Morph shut up <laughs> Patrick McGowan Billy Bones get the fuck out of here gimme stiff gimme wing bat <laughs> uh, and yeah and give me Bill Pullman as Captain Joseph 
<laughs> give me Captain Joseph. Give me Wingback. Give me Stiff. I want I mean, Scroop. Yeah. Ron Perlman as Professor Sa dot dot dot. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's looking at the Google thing. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, it's got Ron, not Ron Perlman. I just said that man's name. <laughs> it's got Jim Cummings, the voice of like every animated character you could ever think of as somebody named Chow Quinn. <laughs> Chow Quinn's great. Chow Quinn. You know Chow Quinn. He's your buddy. I had a I had a Chow Quinn uh poster. You know who I didn't have a poster of? Fucking Scroop. Yeah, Scroop. Fuck you, Scroop. S-C-R-O-O-P. Scroop. And who could forget Alex Pels as the time-honored role soldier. <laughs> Treasure Planet Scroop. He's a big crab guy. Oh my, I don't know anything about this movie. Let me tell you, Scroop is the secondary antagonist. I never saw it. The animation looks fine. Looks like Tarzan. He attempts a mutiny. Scroop? Um, Scroop does. Played by Michael Wincott, of course. Oh, Mr. Scroop? Yeah. Well, rest in peace, Scroop, wherever you are. Oh, what year did he die? Five years before the other guys? Uh, 2002, one year before the (laughs) second Ah. block was laying. All right, yeah. Well, it's no road to El Dorado. Oh, that's a really good movie. It's a really good movie. The sexual awakening of many a young man was the road to El Dorado. We don't need to comment on that specifically. Scroop! Scroop. He's a crab man. He's a crab man. Tries to stage a mutiny. Uh, <laughs> Drew Barrymore's a scab. Renee Zellweger's and Bridget Jones's diary and is British. This was a this was a strike episode. Strikes and scroops. Yes. This this I I, I came in to this episode with two purposes. One, I've educated everyone on the time pyramid and two a strike is real and it can hurt you (laughs) it can hurt you but it can also help you and hopefully it does more helping than hurting but who are we to say who are we to say you just said that in exactly the same way if you are a person on the earth statistically a strike will help you more than will hurt you unless it is a strike from these hands and they'll hurt a lot haha but <laughs> <laughs> I, I i where were you going what, what is happening you're gonna hurt people i'm gonna hurt people if they don't engage with us okay that makes sense via social media Ah, the South Korean-born, yet German, philosopher, Byung-Chul Han, says that social media is adopting increasingly panoptic forms. You know the idea of the panopticon, the perfect prison is one where you never know whether you're being watched or not? Oh, right, yeah, the prison with the big old eye in the center. 
Yeah, we live in an achievement society where our life is constantly on display and we're constantly told we can be things and set goals for ourselves. We've created the panopticon for ourselves. Social media has trapped us in the perfect prison. And if you want to engage with us in the perfect prison, uh, you could do so on Twitter slash X at ZCPC. WHJ on X, which I believe Henry knows what that X is for. Out of solidarity with the writer's strike, I will not be writing an acronym explanation for this episode. Ah, that is fair. And in solidarity with the scabs, I will be. It stands for... uh, Oh... Uh, and if you want to send us an email, you could do so to our email address, which is zero credits is a podcast at gmail.com. It's not fixed and it won't be. If you're listening to this podcast, congratulations, you found us. No matter what occurs, stay alive. If you want your friends to listen to it, we're on every podcast service, Good Pods, Podchaser, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. If you want people, if you if you want people to listen to the show, a great way to signal boost the show is to leave a rating or a review on any of these podcast platforms that support it. Honestly, we probably should have updated this years ago that the best way to like signal boost is to, I don't know, give us money. Maybe something would have been different then, but truly the best way. Huh? Are you asking for money? Truly the best way to let people know about the show is for you to log on to the digital panopticon. And tell people we're always watching, so they better listen to us. Because we tell you, when we're, if you listen to the podcast, you'll know when you're being watched. Jeremy, Jeremy, Jeremy. See, now I'm not looking at Jeremy anymore. He can do whatever he wants. He can go commit the sin of Onan, larceny, whatever Jeremy wants. If you listen to the podcast, he'd know. That's right. Word of the mouth is the only way we can survive. So tell your fellow prisoners about the show, and then you can do whatever you want in the off time. But don't strike. Please don't strike and ask us not to watch you. That's like the one thing the Panopticon's not designed to handle. So just stay in line. Let people know. Panopticon, cruising along. And from everyone here at the Zero Credits Studios Picket Line Panopticon, we want to wish you... A happy week. Sarah, Sarah, Sarah. Goodbye. Now Sarah Sarah doesn't have to worry any. Did you ask people for money? What, What is happening? Well, I'm just saying that if what we should have been saying this whole time is give us money. No. Not tell people about the show. We're not beggars. We are choosers. (laughs) and we chose wisely (laughs) goodbye (laughs) goodbye
we open that email one day, we check it, it's like, I want to give you money. No one has ever said that to I want to give you money, princess. Okay, this is getting weird. We can fin dom people. 